Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast, a show dedicated to the crazy world of mixed martial arts. Join your hosts, Laurel, Ty, and Jordan, as they break down all the latest and biggest news and bouts. This is the one podcast that will never let the fight go to the judges. Live from your favorite podcast listening device, it's time hey fktc crew we are back with another episode of the front kicks and throat cuddles podcast this episode is brought to you by cancellations and tatiana's return i have to say ufc vegas 70 really underperformed did have some solid finishes, but losing that main event literally hours before, actually probably like an hour and a half before it was to start. Whew, brutal. Snooze fest. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. Snooze fest. A complete snooze. I mean, granted, there were some good finishes, but overall, and one of those reasons why it was a snooze fest, we'll talk about in a little bit, but I may have to start um penning up a petition real quick <laughs> and, I, and i'm serious this time <laughs> oh this time <laughs> yeah um so killed me speaking of cancellations we've kind of had to deal with some cancellations ourselves yes i had to cancel yesterday for yesterday to move it to today Mm-hmm. Not that the viewers know it or the listeners know what that means, but I couldn't do it on our normal night. That messed everybody up for the week. <laughs> yeah. So, and then Jordan had a family thing that he's done with. He might jump in, but if not, then it is what it is. And then, of yeah. course, with this being our paper, this being a pay per view week, we were supposed to have a guest, uh, talk to two guests. One couldn't make it, and then one had to, unfortunately, back out, like, near the 11th hour or so. It's a shame. Maybe we should just cancel this week. Maybe we should have just, like, cut our losses and moved on. You know, I I honestly thought about that, but because of how big this card is, we cannot let our five fans down. That's true. I thought we had 12 fans. It could be. Shoot. I haven't looked at the numbers lately, but. (laughs) I mean. This could be a pretty good fight card. Oh, yeah, it definitely could be. As long as nothing. I mean, so far, knock on wood, which luckily I'm sitting near wood. Nothing has happened so far. Uh, but anything can happen between now and Saturday night. And I keep thinking like, oh, my gosh, there's like. With how big this card is, I'm surprised that nothing bad has happened yet. And usually after I say something like that, I end up jinxing it. Mm. But I mean, so far, I don't think anyone's pulled. No one. No, actually, someone did. Um, Dan Hooker pulled out a couple weeks ago, but that was. But usually it like, gets bad, like the closer we get to the event. But luckily. Right. We're getting close to the event and nothing like significant has happened yet. <sighs> the anticipation of the this this event. Mm-hmm. The return of the champ. The return of the champ. Gonna be great. <laughs> but so with everything that's been going on and just so so much is going on for the time being it is the original duo that will be taking over this show (laughs) bring it all right so obvious rundown our ufc vegas 70 recap which was sorry i had to sniff (sighs) which was me pretty much all week just being knocked out early um UFC 285 fighter or fight to watch and our picks and some main news that actually popped up on Tuesday, which we will get into that. It involves a very popular 
UK fighter. Mm. Can't wait. And so with that, let's get kicked off. UFC Vegas 70, how are we grading this? I feel like a D is too harsh. So I'll go with a C. That's what I went with too. I went with a C. Hmm. No, just, I don't know. It, it didn't, the the matchups didn't enthrall me in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I was just proved right, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's that plus with most of the matchups, it was like, you kind of knew who was going to win. Yeah. And so like, I would say this is probably like poor, in a sense, all around, it was poor matchmaking. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, I think uh, you and I guessed everybody right, with the exception of the 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 Muniz Allen fight, mm-hmm. which that could have gone any which way. Right. But yeah, it's true. So not only did we lose that one, which ended up being the real main event. Yeah. All of us lost the Krilov versus Span fight because that fight got canceled. Right. Literally right when the main card was starting. Which is a shame, but not much yeah. you can do about it. And so with that said, let me just double check. Oh, nothing important. Um, I put down that there were some good finishes. But I think the poor matchmaking and then just losing the main event really like soured the night. Yeah, I mean, really the highlight of that uh, main event or the, the not the main event, the main card mm-hmm. uh, was the Kreloff span fight. And then when that got canceled, I was like, well, <laughs> yay. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we get four fights now, so it'll be a quick night. But, and I mean, thank goodness that three of those four fights ended in finishes and all, I mean, I wouldn't say relatively early, but they all, three of the four fights did end in finishes. So yeah. I'll give, I'll get, I'll give them that at least. But just poor matchmaking and just losing that main event, which I think that main event was the only reason not the only reason, but a majority of the reason that fans was were watching this card. Yeah, yeah. But so we're going to go ahead and get started with the four fights that were on. Um, so the first one was Mike Mallett defeating Johan Lanessi via an arm triangle submission. That's a good submission. Oh, yeah. Having to use your... Like having that arm like stretched out so far and then being choked at the same time. It's like, this is, it, I think it's probably one of the most uncomfortable submissions out there. Um, I can tell you it's very uncomfortable. All submissions are uncomfortable, but that one is particularly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There's so much pressure everywhere. You just feel like your head's going to pop off. Oh yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Pressure in your shoulder, pressure in your hey, arm. Um pressure on your neck like oh my gosh like it feels like like a head cold like oh my gosh my brain's about to explode I need to get out of here (laughs) and I I don't know I I can't figure out I was trying to figure out like how do you get out of that but I don't know that I've ever been taught but there are some jujitsu moves that you just can never get out of Mm -hmm. so yeah I feel like arm triangle would be really difficult to get out of yeah, I think it involves turning your body and and um uh I forget the term you call it, but you go out from the bottom instead of the top. Mm-hmm. So so you you have to shift your bot your body down. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds out. that sounds about right. Yeah, so but I've never I've never been in a official arm triangle during like a a uh a sparring match so mm-hmm. um kind of the cross right now <laughs> although if you're if you're trying to slip down you kind of have to be careful because if you can get your either like you can get your neck out like you'll be fine but you have to be careful that you don't 
be subjected to the arm bar as well. Yeah, it's kind of it's that's why you that's why you have to rotate your body at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that uh, makes sense. But, no. but uh, that's, that's how, I, I'm guessing how you get out of it. Actually, that's that's how I figure you get out of it. Right. So I don't know for sure. That sounds about right. Yeah. But good win for Mike Mallet. Um, yeah. Former, uh, well, not former Canadian, uh, current Canadian. So see how that does for all the Canadian MMA fighters. I know there were actually the two can, big Canadian fighters, which was him and Jasmine Jasvidicious. They both won their fights. So big win for Team Canada. I'm sure my friend Megan was stoked about that because she's from Canada. Nice. Nice. All right, our next fight, I'll let you cover because it is a female fight. Suarez won, as we predicted. Mm-hmm. She didn't look like she missed a beat. Uh-uh, which was actually really impressive, to be honest. <laughs> it was really impressive. <laughs> but she just has that mindset. I think we talked about it a little bit on the last pod. She just has a savage mindset. Mm-hmm. She's all in all the time. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Poor Della Rosa didn't even stand a chance. <laughs> Not only, did, well, actually, I'll, let me first say this though. Um, oh gosh, what was I gonna say? Um, <laughs> good, good, good for Della Rosa for taking that fight though, because that's, I mean, it was gutsy. It was gutsy. Yeah, that's the actually perfect term. So it was gutsy. Um, it was actually, it kind of was a little bit in Della Rosa's favor, favor because Montana was fighting at her natural flyweight and Tatiana, right. this was her first fight at flyweight. So, and but there was still some risk because there's still, you're adding 10 more pounds for Tatiana, who is was already a force at strawweight to begin with. Now right. you've got to deal with 10 extra pounds and her being the female Habib that she is just right. completely preparing for a mauling, which it seemed like <laughs> from the first bell until that submission, I don't think Montana could really breathe. Not only could she not breathe, but her puppies couldn't breathe either. Her puppies. <laughs> <laughs> you young kids and your nicknames. <laughs> The boobies couldn't breathe. No breathing for you. They wanted out so bad. <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> it was like in that first, it was like the first round during that clinch. Like I know, like I was looking up and then I see like in the clinch and I'm like, oh my God, that thing's about to pop out. Oh my God. Wait a minute though. Did she blame her wa- loss on a wardrobe malfunction? Not that I know of. Oh, so. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, this is really happening. Um, I'm trying to think. There was something about... So, oh, let me pose it while I'm looking this up. I want to pose this question. So, apparently, Tatiana is going to go back down to straw weights. Why? I was going to ask you, good move or bad move? Uh, uh. Well, I guess it depends on her reasoning why she wants to go down back down. Um, because I think it's her um natural weight. Sorry, yeah, her natural um oh gosh. so her natural natural weight is built for I think built for straw weight. Oh well, you know. I get that. It's it's hard being I'd like to explain it to you this way as someone who knows. So mm-hmm. my natural weight is 128. Mm-hmm. And when um, I had to be on all my medication, I was up to 140. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I mean, I just felt bad all the time. Mm-hmm. Being heavier when you're of small, a smaller stature is really hard. Right. Physically. I wasn't ashamed or 
didn't think about it from a mental standpoint. It didn't affect me, but when I was training jujitsu or I was running long distances and exercising, it was just harder. So if, if that's her natural weight and that's what she feels better as a fighter, then go for it. Mm-hmm. She probably has some unfinished business at that weight class too. So yeah, it's probably true. Um, so actually Montana Del Rosa did actually mention something about it. So she says, this is a, this is definitely a wardrobe issue. Hopefully the UFC and Venom women Venom will fix this. Mm. I'll actually, I would pull up my computer, but it'll be a little tricky to do so. So. Oh, <laughs> well. So. Uh-huh. That's two events in a row where there have been issues. So maybe the the elastic is not tight enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's so. what it looks like to me. Either that or it was an ill-fitting outfit. Like it was the wrong. Are they custom? I think so. Oh. I think I think you can customize it. Yeah. Um huh. yeah. So we shall see what happens. Um, oh, I guess I should give thoughts real quick. I mean, I thought this whole time Tatiana moved at the flyweight because she was going to be part of the flyweight division. But if it's true that she's moving down the straw weight, I think I will say it's probably a somewhat easier path to the title at straw. Not saying that she's taking any shortcuts i just think because she's so accustomed to straw weight it's easier for her yeah i also think when you look when you think about straw weight there are a couple of like real strong fighters out there as compared to i think tatiana would probably like want to test herself against the best of the best and to be honest if you look at the pool of talent between the women's flyweight and the women's straw weight you can kind of see which one has the better talent. Yeah. I mean, she's already fought at the straw weight level. So if mm. she dominates there, maybe she can come a, become a two-weight class champion. She could. The next female to do it. Yep. The first female since Amanda Nunes. Yay. And, and only the second female to do so. Yeah. Um. All right, so our next fight is the one that I want to start a petition for. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think I mentioned it last week. I knew this one was going to be a snooze fest, and sure enough, it was. Yes. I don't have anything positive to say about it, actually. I don't either. All I'm just going to say is, Augusto Sagai, good job on getting a win, but man, you made that boring. God. I felt like it was like one punch every 30 seconds. Yeah, it's like jab, walk around, <laughs> um, clinch up, separate, jab, rinse <laughs> and repeat. Uh, it didn't win fight of the night, thank goodness. So gosh, if it won fight of the night, I will I will effectively retire from podcasting for MMA. <laughs> but just Until- until next Wednesday. Until next Wednesday. <laughs> um, so funny thing, here are the stats. Um, 107 total strikes for Sagai compared to 77 for Mays. 77? Mm, I know, right? It doesn't feel like they threw that much. But out of the 107 total strikes for Sagai, 53 were significant. So like less than <laughs> half. And for Mays, 29 of the 77 were significant. 29 um, did he was he is he blind he can't see guess not <laughs> and then control time for sakai was almost nine minutes which is what was the boring part about it so you took almost nine of those 15 minutes just here have a hug friends i'm gonna hug you for as long as i can okay he's not a finisher no, not at all. Unless he did finish someone, which I can actually know. No, it doesn't look easy. Wait, hold on. 
His last finish was in September ni- was in 2019. <laughs> so almost yeah. four and a half four and a half years ago was his last finish. So yeah. You know, I can I can see that for heavyweight fighters to not have a finish. A lot of those fights go to decision because they're just brawl fest, but for fuck's sake, man up, Sakai. Yeah. <laughs> so putting that one out the window. Um, what ended up being our main event, uh, Brendan Allen defeating Andre Munoz via via a rear naked choke submission. Um I feel like this one was like really dominated by Allen from start to finish. Um I know there are a few times that Allen tried to walk in submission, but Munoz Munoz kept trying to get got out of it but then just with 35 seconds go like oh we're gonna get another decision right off the bat um <clears throat> excuse me Muniz taps like with about 30 seconds to go and so like oh well guess we are gonna get a finish good win for Brandon Allen but I wish he was more consistent right he's just stuck oh yeah stuck in the mud He's stuck in the mud. He just he can't. He can't go up. He can't go down. He just. He's just. I don't know. He's so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Inconsistency is maddening. Um, but other than that, I don't have much to say about this fight. Yeah, me neither. So, looks like the first two were interesting, but then the last two were like. Oh, I could have easily gone to bed, but I was like, eh. Hmm. I began watching a hockey game after that. It's like, oh, this is actually a lot more exciting than the last <laughs> two fights. So, but it's okay. It happens. I can't remember what I did. What did I do? Uh, Saturday nights. What was I doing Saturday night? I can't remember. Oh my gosh. Can't remember. Hmm. So long ago. I have had the longest week on the planet with very little sleep. So it makes sense then. If you don't remember. My apologies. That's nah, okay. <laughs> um ever since um Saturday night, I've just been like in like cruise control slash like barely moving like yeah. I've, i think i've gone to bed like around nine o'clock nine thirty, or at least i've been in bed by nine thirty every night this week <laughs> like i'm that tired that not feeling well just yeah. like i need my rest so but I think that covers UFC Vegas 70, which was not entertaining. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. Thank God that's over. Yeah. <laughs> because now we can move into a pay-per-view that's actually looks like could be very entertaining. It could be very entertaining. I, I think it looks interesting. There's some people that... I haven't really had a lot of, um, I haven't watched a lot of their fights like Bo Nickel. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, guys like Jeff Neal, who we've talked about consistently on the pod and mm-hmm. Jalen Turner, Gamera. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of excited about this women's fight. Yep. Could be uh, legit. Hopefully, um, hopefully Grasso can keep it interesting. Yeah, I mean she's she's a she's a smart fighter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But uh before we do get into our picks, is there a fighter or a fight that you're keeping an eye on that maybe not a lot of people are talking about or just anything anything you're looking forward to, maybe in the prelims, early prelims, throw it at me. No, nothing in the early prelims or the prelims. I don't, they don't, um, 
I'm not real hot and bothered about those. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am kind of excited about this bone nickel fight, though. Yeah, it's definitely a good one. Did you see the odds for that fight? Insanity. Yeah. And this is his UFC debut. I don't think I've seen a fighter with that big of odds in his UFC debut. I mean, did you watch any of his highlight videos or any of his fights? Mm-hmm. I watched his, I think I watched his Dana White series contender fight. Yeah, he's a badass. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. And I think that was the night that he was the only one that got a contract because everyone else was terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, for those who are who want to know at home right now, Bo Nickel in his UFC debut against Jamie Pickett, minus sixteen hundred favorite. <laughs> That's wow. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's like the biggest favorite on the. Oh yeah, without a doubt, it's the biggest favorite on the card. Yeah, biggest favorite on the card for sure. Good sure. Um. I will say one fight that I'm interested in that's n- on the prelims. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that he was fighting. There are like a lot of fighters I'm not realizing are fighting on this card. That's like so stacked that there's an undefeated fighter on the early prelims. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. But the fight that I think is going to be very interesting, and I think it's actually the fight that's the closest yeah, it's the closest one according to odds. Uh, Vivian Arujo versus Amanda Hebus. I saw that. I thought about calling that interesting, but then I saw Derek Brunson and I'm like, Derek Brunson has been reduced to the prelims? Well, I guess with the card as stacked as it is, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because you look, let's see, so looking at the just the prelims alone so you've got i mean you've got freaking cody garbrandt on the prelims um so you got well at least it'll be free to watch that's true so you got him on the prelims you got Derek brunson the prelims got amanda hebus on the prelims you've got this is the one i was ian gary who is like this who's supposed to be the next cm um is in the early pre is the featured early prelim as mm. the undefeated 10 no fighter um i, I could see jessica penne being in the prelims um i mean i think from ian gary all the way up i feel like most of those like the prelims early prelims those could easily be main card fights on right. a fight night but maybe they should be they should they could be but it could also i think this event will bring a lot of eyes could possibly bring a lot of eyes to the sport because when everyone talks about <clears throat> excuse me john jones that's like a name like oh like i, I gotta watch that one um so definitely a popular name in the ufc although i will say before we make our picks, I watched the press conference just like about an hour ago. Worst press conference ever. It was boring. Yeah, because like 75, 80% of the questions were all directed towards John Jones. Oh, of course. Like, yes, I know he's been gone three years. I I, I watched his last fight, but my gosh, like it's like they make this big deal of all these fighters who've been gone for so long that were like the face of the UFC like my gosh I, and I felt so bad because you had like 80% went to John Jones maybe 15% went to Cyril Gone. I felt and then 5% like I think and this is how big his name is the other title fight Shevchenko and Grasso I think they each only got like two questions each i mean john jones just is still in the top 10 of best mma um strikers Mm -hmm. in in the ufc so i'm not surprised but 
Yeah, it's a shame. Oh, you should have dropped an Nate Diaz line there. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have made that would have made it a whole lot better. See, this is why I need the soundboard because I could have just played that. Boom. I know. Well, I'm not. I'm not. My brain doesn't fire like that. No, mine. I only catch it when it's like highly suggestive, or if I know a quote right off the top of my head. <laughs> That's how my brain works. But you you can kind of tell that I'm feeling better because I thought of that right off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm like, if this were like two days ago, I've been like, huh, what? <laughs> like, oh, and then played it like 10 seconds later. Oh, man. Uh, are you ready for our picks, though? I am. But let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I did well on that last fight card, as did oh, everyone else. Yeah, we have to. That's right. We have to bring back we the i totally forget to. that sometimes but yes update I, us I'm on the ten, standings I, i'm 10 and 3 okay jay lopez is 7 and 6 mm-hmm. and ty fly guy is 9 and 4 oh i did pretty well i'm kind of surprised you did well you did well nice oh yeah i think yeah the brendan allen one was the only one i got wrong we all got that one wrong oh yeah so so yeah yay (laughs) um although i will say and i know we talked about this before we started recording um we were talking our picks there there might be some differences in some of these picks so it should be very interesting yeah so let's get these i don't i didn't know who to pick though oh yeah i had a problem with actually i think i only had a problem with one of them and it it was for good reason um so i think what i guess we start with the first one which is the most overwhelming favorite on the entire card bo nickel versus jamie pickett um let's see so bo nickel is making his ufc debut Mm -hmm. His official UFC debut after appearing on the Contender Series. I think he's supposed to fight early, uh, not earlier on the card, but earlier, I think late last year or early this year, but things just fell. F- I think it was late last year, but things fell through. Um, Jamie Pickett, good fighter uh, from the Contender Series. Um, actually, I think I remember seeing his Contender Series fight and he actually looks pretty good. Um but after seeing Bo Nichols highlights, after seeing a <laughs> contender series fight, I mean, I would be an idiot if I picked any if I did not pick Bo Nickel. So I'm gonna go Bo Yeah. So I'm gonna go Bo Nickel, and I think it's gonna be done rather quickly. I think it's gonna be I, I'm gonna make my this is gonna be really bold. It's gonna be by submission, but I think it's gonna be done in less than 90 seconds Mm. wow that's bold but i'm not surprised bone nickel jujitsu gordon ryan that's how good bone nickel is yep gordon freaking ryan Mm -hmm. i said the freaking for emphasis because i mean it yep Oops. Um, and I just don't think that uh, Pickett has that that skill set, mm. or as good of a skill set. Yeah, so I, I too must go with Bo Nickel. Yeah, I don't think he has like the jujitsu or the no. I'm sorry, not the jujitsu. He doesn't have that same wrestling pedigree that Bo no. Nickel's got. No, Penn State wrestler, Gordon yep. Ryan. UFC, it yep. just it couldn't be any clearer path to to the UFC than that. Mm-mm. Not at all. No. Uh, all right. You want to start off this next one? Sure. Um, for is it Gamro or Gamrot? Gamrot. Gamrot. All right. I prefer Gamro because it sounds more. <laughs> hoity-toity but um 
I like Gamrot as a fighter. I think he's a good grappler. I think that it's bothers me that he goes for takedowns 20 times a match just as his his go-to move um but i actually think he's going to lose to Jalen turner and i'm um hmm. oh yes interesting the reason i f- feel like that is Jalen turner um often has uh two punches, a, a jab or a hook or a jab and a straight or a cross, and then a quick kick. Mm-hmm. And that is usually after an opponent punches is usually when Gamrot goes for a takedown. So I think that he's going to have to be very careful here not to be kicked in the head mm-hmm. and knocked out. And that's how I'm predicting he'll actually lose. Head kick knockout. Head kick knockout. Okay. Interesting. While going for a takedown. That's very specific, but it could that, be true. That is very, very specific. <laughs> but I mean, it's happened before, so um, like we saw with um with Masvidal kneeing Askren as he was running towards him, and Askren's like, Oh, I better go for a takedown, and then last second, whoop, knee straight yep. to the head. Knee straight to the head. I called it. It's gonna happen again. <laughs> okay. Um, this was one of the ones that was really difficult for me to pick. Um, Gamrot, he had a really good showing. I'm trying to remember who uh Sarukian, I think is who he last fought, and that was actually a really good performance from him. Mm-hmm. Um Jalen Turner, I feel like he just I think I don't think I've exactly figured him out yet. Cause he's like because he can come up with this insane stuff when it comes like to knockouts. Mm-hmm. Um it also could be because I haven't seen a whole lot of him recently. Right. But I feel like this is one that really could go either way. Um so So with that said, it was really hard for me to pick against Turner, but I think Gamrot will make it, I think it'll be interesting. This could definitely be one that I could see being like a split decision or like a very close decision. And Mm -hmm. I could see like the further, the longer this fight goes along, the better it is for Gamrot. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll go with my gut and go Gamrot, but I could easily, I could see Turner. If Turner can get it done in the first, second round, then I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I agree. Tough fight to choose from. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I feel like Jalen Turner has more tools in the toolbox. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Next one is Jeff Neal versus Shavkat Rakhamanov. Sorry if I butchered that. It's actually really difficult to pronounce. Um, <laughs> this one's going to be interesting. Um, I kind of... I feel like Jeff Neal could do enough to get the win. But with how just diverse Shavkat is... Um, I could see Jeff Neal's path to victory being just keeping his distance and maybe like doing like some leg kicks to slow down Shavkat down. But also with Shavkat, he has a tendency of finishing fights very quickly. So this again is another one of those. If Neal can Mm -hmm. keep the fight going a little bit longer, then he has a chance. But if Shavkat can find some way to either knock you out, and that's the big thing about him too. He can either knock you out or he can submit you. All 16 of Shavkat's fights have been finishes. And so he's looking to get in, get out, be done with it. With that mm-hmm. said, go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, with that said, I'm going to pick Shavkat to win this fight, and I'm actually I'm going to go submission. Yeah, he's so uh, long and lanky, and his leg kicks are really fantastic at keeping a, an opponent at distance. And I I like Jeff Neal. I think I like his fighting style. I just don't think that he's he's going to pull this one off. I I can't see it happening. Um, for him, I'm hope I'm I'm surprised, but at the same time, I think that just what is it, Rockmanov? However you pronounce Rock, that, Rockmanov, yeah, something like that. Yeah, is is just at a higher level. Oh yeah, it's just higher level. Oh yeah. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of why I've leaned towards him because he's kind of at that higher level. No, no disrespect to Jeff Neal, but that's just, it. that's just how the cookie crumbles. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we've actually got our way to the co-main event. And so since this is not only a female fight, but it's also a female title fight, go for it. Oof. Grosso, I love her fighting style. She's a savage boxer, super quick hands, really high ring IQ. Valentina, same, but different in the fact that um, she just has so many ways to win, so many ways. I feel like Grosso has a knockout, a head kick, and then a submission. And I think that she usually submits much lesser opponents, but someone like Valentina that has such great grappling skills, I just, she can get out of some hairy, hairy situations. Um, just look at the Juliana Pena fight where Juliana was on top going for a submission. Valentina gets out of it. I mean, she's just, she's very, very good and she has great technique and she's crafty in, in the ways that she can win. And I just, I pick her to win. I don't know. Just my gut. Shevchenko went in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um yeah, actually I will I will actually agree with all that. I think Grosso has a variety of skill sets that she can use, even though that she had like she is a boxer, she does have a tendency, she does have a sneaky submission game that can really catch mm-hmm. you off guard if you're not paying attention. Right. Um but yeah, just with Valentina's fight IQ, I just I don't see her getting caught with it. Um trying to think of the words. Valentina, yeah, can just finish you in any sorts of way. Although we haven't really seen her submit anyone in a while. I don't think she's submitted anyone since um her first flyweight battle, if I'm not mistaken. Um The one thing that doesn't it doesn't concern me a whole lot, but back in June when she fought Talia Santos, we saw some holes in Valentina Shevchenko's game. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be in? Can Alexa Grasso exploit those holes? I mean, anything can happen in any given night. Yeah. Um, I just don't see. On paper, Grasso being able to exploit those holes. I think it could, this could be very well play out like the Talia Santos fight for Shevchenko. Like she, there could be some times where she's in real trouble, but she's finds some way to win. I also want to see how Shevchenko's chin would hold up in case she gets hit really hard by Grasso. I mean, I don't think Grasso is like the strongest hitter, 
but she can surprise at times. Right. Um, but I, I, I think what it comes down to is going to come down to how each fighter executes their game plan and how they use their fight IQ to execute that play, that game plan. Mm-hmm. And I think just with how long Valentina has been fighting, like I think she mentioned on the, um, what was it? She mentioned on the press conference that how the UFC has been celebrating 30 years and she had, she's been fighting almost ever, ever since the UFC was in existence. It's crazy. Um, and I think she's like 30, yeah, she's 35. So like she'd been training since like five years old. So that's insane to me. And I think that's kind of what's helped build her fight IQ. So with all that said, I think the smarter fighter wins this fight. Not saying Grasso's not smart. I just think Valentina's gonna outsmart her in a couple ways. Right. But I do think it's going to go to decision, and I'm going to I'm going to think that Shevchenko is going to remain the champion. We'll get to see a ballerina move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we get to the main event now: the return. Excuse me, the return of John Jones as he goes up against Cyril Gaon. For the vacant, vacant world heavyweight championship. Crowd roar, crowd roar. <laughs> so, unless you've been living on Iraq, John Jones has been out since 2020. Uh, he was out, yeah, like a month before the world shut down. Um, his last two fights, though, haven't really been... His last two fights before he took his long break weren't that impressive. He was in a war with Tiago Santos. And, I mean, I felt like argu- arguably Santos... Uh, did I, say, I think I said Talia. Tiago Santos should have won that fight. So, my bad. Santos threw me off. Uh, and then Dominic Reyes, one second. It was it's it was tough to score, but there are a lot of people that said Reyes won that fight, which I could kind of see why Reyes would have won that fight. I think when I watched again, I had Jones winning very slightly. I think it was like 40, 48, 47. Hmm. Cyril Gone is not like any heavyweight fighter that has appeared in the UFC. You we recognize UFC fighters as sorry, UFC heavyweight fighters as complete brawlers can finish the fight in one move. One one punch is all it takes. Cyril Gone is completely different from that. He can knock you out, he can submit you, he can put the pressure on you. He has just a variety, a variety of movesets that he can put on you. And it, I think it helps a little bit that he's not that far as he's not that far away as far as reach when it comes to John Jones. I think Jones will have the advantage by three inches, I believe. I think it's like he is 84 and a half inch reach and Sergon's at 81 and a half inch reach. So, I mean, three inches is still pretty significant, but especially when it comes to heavyweight, you're looking at the two heavyweight fighters that have the longest reach in the game. This was really tough for me to pick. Um, I, I had to go on the group chat to help me make a decision. <laughs> I, None of you were helpful. Yeah. I, well, if you saw the group chat, you saw where I was leaning. Um, I think, and this is going to be like a really bold take because I know whenever I talk about octagon rust or ring rust, it always ends up biting me in the behind, except for Talia Santo, Talia, except for Tatiana Suarez. Right. Um, just when you're gone for that long 
it could really make an impact. But I feel like I'm going to be so wrong in the way I say this, but I think the octagon rust and how active Cyril has been, I am actually going to be team Cyril Gaon for this fight, and I'm actually going to pick him to win. I think, though, it's going to be a very, like, you can't see it, but it's like the pointer finger and the thumb are, like, nearly touching that close of a decision. I I admire the choice because I went back and forth and back and forth. And I agree with you. And I think that if you look at the history of both fighters and who who has fought whom, mm-hmm. you have Cyril gone. He's fought Tai Tuivasa and he won. He lost against Ninganu. Um, he won uh, Derek Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, Santos, Dante Mize, who am I forgetting? Volkov, he won there too. I mean, he has fought recently in the last two years, some of the top fighters in the weight division. But you go to John Jones and he has a pretty impressive record. On the recent though, is it as impressive as what Cyril Gaon has fought? Maybe not. And he's, he was clearly superior to most of the people he fought. With the exception of, um, I think he won against Glover Texera, <clears throat> Rashad Evans, back in the day, Dan Henderson, Reyes Santos, like you mentioned. He doesn't, I, I don't feel like he has as great of a fight record as Cyril Gaon does. But I can't deny, I I don't know. You you have ring rust, but that doesn't mean that you haven't trained the same and you're not the same fighter. <laughs> and that that makes me lean towards John Jones. So I think that he will win. I still think that he has the same high fight IQ, a great jab, kicks to keep the distance, that long frame, which is really hard to battle. He's no slug in the grappling arena. Um, Maybe not as good as Cyril Don, but I still think that his ability to mix things up could play to his advantage with Cyril gone. And I think that John's going to win. Okay. And I just want it to be a good fight. I don't even care. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I don't even care. Yeah. I could really see it being a good fight, honestly. It'd be interesting to see whoever wins and see what path of what the path will be going forward excuse me yeah i mean i'm i'm really i was really impressed with gone in his fight against Nganu. Mm-hmm. for sure i thought he was going to get annihilated and he did not mm-hmm. um he stuck with them all five rounds. It went to decision. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. 
against Francis. Yeah, that was, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Francis was, I think Gon actually was winning the fight up until Ninganu switched things up and just, like, you know what, let's just not take a one-punch knockout sort of uh, approach and just try to wrestle with him. And I don't think, I think that's the thing Gon didn't expect. I don't think he expected Ninganu to wrestle with him. Yeah, because because Gon went in there the slight favorite, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. So <clears throat> we'll see. Wait, Should how I'll old see? is John Jones? Thirty-five. Oh, okay. I think thirty-five. So he's older than Cyril. Yeah, I think so. I think I did read somewhere today he was thirty-five, but let me. Give me, look, give me one minute to find out. So, John He's Jones. three years older. Yep, 35. And Sogon is 32, yep. No, oh, Gon's actually not that not much older than I am. Actually, not that much younger than I am. Or however that works out. Anyways, <laughs> um, that covers UFC 285. Should be a good night card. Should be a good fight card. So we have to decide if Jordan doesn't turn in his picks. We have to decide whether or not we're going to count this towards our overall score. Okay. Um. So let's see. Maybe give them until. I think the prelim starts Saturday at four thirty p.m. your time. So we think Saturday by noon you should have them in. Yeah, he'll get him in. Okay, we'll send a. I'll just message him like, Jordan, we need your picks for the podcast. <laughs> Although I technically could pull them up if I wanted to, but in case he makes any changes, might as well might as well make sure. But we have one more thing to cover. We have some, excuse me, some MMA news. Ah. And it we taught we're gonna be talking about a I think it, his nickname is the gorilla, or he might have changed it recently. I don't remember, but we remember good old Darren Till, right? Yes. Um, he is no longer part of the UFC. He removed himself. He removed himself. Yeah. What the heck? Um. He didn't really give a clear answer as to why. Um, he just announced via social media that the UFC had removed him, but uh, he had actually asked them, asked the UFC to release him, which the UFC granted without a problem. Um, if you kind of look at it, though, he's had a bit of a rough stretch. Um, he started off his career, 17 wins, no win. So... 17 wins, no losses, and one draw. Got a title shot that probably was a little bit rushed at Waltoid against Tyron Woodley. Mm-hmm. He would get submitted by Tyron Woodley in probably what UFC fans or MMA fans will say is probably the more entertaining Woodley fight since he won the title. Um, and then I think later on, that was in September, then he goes back home to London to fight Yuri Masvidal, <laughs> who, who was returning after, I think, a year and a half off. And he, I think, recently lost. And he was, like, number 11 until was three. Yorge Masvidal knocks Darren Till out in front of his home crowd. <laughs> and then it just was an ever slot, ever just went down ever since he had um let's say he lost five of his last six fights since starting his career 17 0 and 1 because i think he's like 18 5 and 1 now so and i can't even remember who he beat honestly um but he i mean to give give darren till his due diligence he fought tyron woodley who was in his was like looking as dominant as a welterweight champion as ever. A, research, a Jorge Masvidal who is 
on the ascend uh, to his stardom. And then I think he lost, then he would move to middleweight, lost to Robert. I know one fight he lost to was Robert Whitaker. Um, you know, to be honest, I can't remember. I'm really curious to see who else he fought because I have no idea. Let's check here. Okay, so here are his last few fights. Okay, got it. So lost to Woodley, lost to Massville. Uh, he did beat Kelvin Gaslam, split, but that was a split decision. Um, now was his first fight at mi- middleweight. But then his last three fights in the UFC, Whitaker, Brunson, and Dreis's Duplessis. <laughs> so, Ouch. Yeah. The, Whitaker was the decision, and then he got submitted twice, both by Brunson and du- Duplessis. So... I mean, I I can't blame him though because that's you Woodley who yeah dominant Masvidal resurging. Uh, Robert Whitaker, if if it weren't for freaking Israel Adesanya, Whitaker would probably still be champion. <laughs> um, and then Derek Brunson, which that one was like. I feel like Till maybe should have won that one. And then Duplessis has just been on a tear coming out of nowhere. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with him. But I don't know. What do you think about Darren Till up and leaving the UFC? Yeah, I mean, he's had a bad string of luck. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's guys that he probably needed to fight. Right. Um, your heart's not in it, I guess. Your heart's not in it. I mean, I just, I don't know what else to say about it. Right. You know. Trying to think of where he could end up. I could see him being, I could see him fighting at Bellator. But I can honestly, I can really see him fighting it in the PFL league, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think he could he could make the actually I wonder if PFL does have a middle. I know Bellator has a middleweight division, but I'm not sure if um PFL has a middleweight division. Something I have to look into. <laughs> if they do, I think him he and PFL will be a good match. If not, um honestly Bellator's middleweight division is really really good if I remember correctly um so that could work you can also take some time off and figure things out from there yeah but yeah I think he'll be back I think I have a feeling he'll find his way back into the UFC once he gets some things sorted out Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Yep. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. Me singing. <laughs> it only took us sixty-two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, sixty-one and three quarters, because this episode's not done yet. But speaking of being done, I do think that is all we have for today. Oh, it went by fast. It did go by fast. I think it's. Because now that we have this new format and then Jordan decided not to show up. Um, yeah. <laughs> we love you, Jordan, but. No buts. We love you, Jordan. Yeah. And we can't wait yeah. to see you back. Yes, we will definitely see you back. Uh, March is going to be stacked with fights. And so pretty sure he wouldn't miss an entire month for something like this. Mm. So. With that said, if I can remember my outro, um, mm-hmm. if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, guest requests, you want to hear Laurel sing some more, and if any song requests, uh-huh. uh, you can reach our podcast page at, at FKTC Pod, or you can reach us individually, given it is safe for work, by reaching Laurel at Rain Basin, or you can reach Jordan 
at J22Lopez with two Zs at the end. Or me, Ty, at TyFly15. TyFlyGuy15. Wow, I messed up my own Twitter handle there. <laughs> um, with that said, protect your faces from Laurel's kicks. Protect your necks from my throat cuddles. Watch out for Jordan's flying knees. And what's our number one golden rule? Never leave the decision in the hands of the judges. Not at all. <laughs> and we will see you all, I know next week, but I just got to see what fights next week. I think, I want to say it's Sandhagen and Cheeto. See, these events, I feel like it's later on. Oh, oh my gosh. How did I forget that one? Our fight, the fight card next week is featured by the main event of Peter Yawn versus Mirhab. I can't, I can't even try to pronounce this. I Dushabili? I think. I better do some studying. That's going to be a difficult one. That's going to be so difficult. <laughs> so difficult. Yawn versus Mirab. We'll call up that for now. But we'll spend the next week trying to perfect how to pronounce Mirab's last name. Because. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> I, I, I knew as soon as I said that, you're like, yeah, we're not going to. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a lie. <laughs> but before we lie to you guys anymore, we will see you all next week. Bye.